Okay. So here we go. To this week, we're going to be talking about horror stories that we have encountered. Some can be nice and light, but just a difficulty that we probably didn't want to have to deal with. And some maybe had to stop the show. Um, but show goes on, show doesn't go on. Let's see what happens with stage management this week. Because Ev live theater right there. A lot of mine end up being kind of lighthearted and deal with animals. So with one theater I worked at, it was in a building that used to be a roller skating rink in a park. So we weren't completely outdoors, but we still had to deal with everything in a park, including a frequent occurrence would be having to hold the show because patrons couldn't get to the theater and park because of geese. So frequently having that in your protocol, while not a huge thing, was like, okay, how are the geese doing today? They spooked it enough. It was enough of an occurrence by the time I got there that we just knew what was going on. Also at that theater, not as lighthearted, we had to cancel a show because the power went out on a Sunday matinee we weren't sure why for a while until they went to the back and a squirrel had gotten into the power tree, causing us not to have any power. Worked for hours with the electric company to deal with it and ultimately had to cancel the show due to a squirrel because there was enough sound effects that we really couldn't do the show even with the natural light we had. Other things I've had to deal with animal-wise, um, so I've worked with a rat before doing a magic show. So we'd have two different rats. One was really nice. One was not so nice. So there was a preferred rat to do with this magic show because it was a trick box and you wanted the rat to be able to easily come out with not scrambling. Unfortunately, the second rat, while not during the show, was kept in a nearby theater. This was at an amusement park. And while it was gone on hiatus to do another show, that rat bit someone because they put their finger in the cage. Not necessarily a show stop, but something really have planned for, especially since these were technicians. Some wider things I've had not dealing with animals. Um, both happened with the show Othello, so not a cursed Shakespeare show. But in the same season that we did that show, the Scottish play, um, there was one, I think it was like final dress, first and only preview. Our Amelia had been given a note when she says she's leaving Iago because she does that, spoiler alert, sorry for Othello. Um, to throw her wedding and engagement ring. We said it in World War II, so she had both of those. Didn't know that was happening. Got thrown, heard it, was able to find it backstage. Next day, we found out that that was a note, so we do it the next day. A couple of times. 
each time was able to find it. The last time, not so much. Not so much a horror story with that, but a little bit of maybe you should not do that. And hopefully, good thing no one actually got hit by that ring because that would have been bad. Also with Othello, same scene. The way we had set up that show um, to make minimal scene changes was there was a raked platform on the stage which functions in a bunch of different ways. Ultimately, as the bed where, again, spoiler, Desmona dies. Um, Othello comes in, supposed to hide a dagger or a knife. So we staged it so he hid his first knife under the platform. And later, um, the one that's taken from him is one that was in his boot. That's already gone. Opening night, he had put it under there like it was supposed to but somehow it got kicked. So right before he was about to grab that, he couldn't find it. Took a while. Normally he's very fast at finding that knife. About the same time he realized he wasn't gonna get to it. I realized he wasn't gonna get to it. And as the ASM asked for one of the other knives that had just come off, luckily it was a rubber police training knife. So no danger there with it being kicked. Um, then, so he came off, handoff happened, end of the show, realized under the platform, it was outside of my reach. After that, obviously, we put a second dagger, which he always knew where it was, in case that ever happened again. It never did. Again, didn't stop the show, but that was a stressful couple of minutes. So there's some slightly more lighthearted, no one, no one died or went to the hospital, which is always a good thing. But for another set of stories, let's hand it off to Lizzie. Thanks. So I fortunately don't have any animal stories. That's always interesting, but I haven't dealt with that yet. Um, I have had some incidents um, because we're human, it happens on shows. Uh, I would say the biggest one is I did an out-of-town tryout in Boston, and the director and playwright would sit uh, where my calling station was behind the audience just because they needed a good visual, and I normally would not allow, um, I would normally not allow the director and playwright to sit with me, but they didn't, you know, they didn't jump on me or anything if, uh, while I was calling to if it was delayed or anything because we were still in previews um, just so that they could have a decent visual of the show for you know because uh, it was a new production uh, right before we were back from the house the playwright accidentally tripped and knocked over the scaffolding um, he just missed the step or whatever uh, he knocked it down he was fine that was of course the first thing we I made sure of and everyone made sure of that the playwright was fine it took about 10 minutes to put the scaffolding back up. Um, we opened the house maybe 15 minutes later after everyone had chilled out and was fine. Um, of, course, of course, the most important thing is that he was fine. And yeah, we ended maybe roughly half an hour later than we would have, but wasn't the end of the world. Uh, I've worked on shows where actors got hurt during the show and didn't say anything because they just wanted to press through. Uh, where they did have issues with insurance um, on the show because it was a showcase and not uh, an equity contract that provided health insurance. So 
dealing with that was hectic a couple years ago on a showcase musical I did. Um, I've worked on shows where an actress was fired for reasons I still couldn't tell you, other than power, director wanting to have power and control and having to replace an actor within 24 hours. Uh, wasn't a problem having to replace the actor moving. It was actually right two days before tech and we were able to move forward perfectly fine. Um, I, I've seen directors behave inappropriately during tech in the final half hour. Um, I've had to write in reports, you know, someone maybe got in an altercation in the audience uh, vocally, nothing physical, um, but nothing, uh, nothing too horrible except for one, it's not, I don't think it's so bad, nothing physical happens, but um, a show I did off-Broadway several years ago, the PSM, in my opinion, wasn't a real PSM, not a stage manager. They are, or were at the time, an equity stage manager, but not professional, didn't know what a report was, didn't know what spike tape was, didn't know stage management. Uh, during tech, they didn't show up one day. Um, they threatened to keep the prompt script and props, some of the props they were holding at their apartment. Eventually, I don't know if it was a money payout, how they got the stage manager to give everything back to the theater. Uh, but that was a bit of a hectic morning and afternoon, especially during tech with a pre, you know, previous starting a day or two later, and it was a world premiere. Um, I, you know, I can't tell you how people are hired, obviously, or how this person, how this person's connection was, how they got um, into this specific contract. Uh, but you should never, if you are unhappy in a show and quit, please don't forward props or prompt scripts so that everyone else can't do their job. It's just not right. At the end of the day, we still want art to thrive and respect it. Um, as an audience member, the weirdest thing I think was someone sat behind me on an off probably show and was eating cottage cheese the whole time. He wasn't bothering anyone, just was eating a pint of cottage cheese throughout the 80 minute show. Well, you know, gotta get your dairy in somehow, I guess. <laughs> um, but nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary. I've had comms not have, like the comm not work on opening night or, you know, everyone can tell you they've had stories like that where the sound goes out or you have to reboot the light board or the video stops working. But that happens, it's live theater and it, it challenges you and you move on to the next one and you know how to fix it if that ever happens again and not, and not panic. I think the biggest, the biggest thing to take away from these funny stories or horror stories, whatever you want to call them, is don't panic. Just keep going. Just unless you, I mean, yes, sometimes the show does have to stop for safety reasons, but if your video stops, your light stops, just get it back on as quickly as you can. If the actors are safe on stage, if there's a deck stage manager, sometimes there's not. Just keep moving through. Emotionally, you know, people might vent after, be upset because they forgot their line, they were relying on something. Again, it happens, we're humans trying to control robots, right? Tech. Um, but now I'm gonna throw it to Taylor to talk about her experiences. Yeah, I have, um, I actually have an animal story too. Um, in Annie, our Sandy on his first entrance went rogue into the audience because um, he was not a trained actor dog. Um, He's a very sweet dog, very cute. Um, 
but yeah, he, the audience started applauding for him and, you know, ooing and aahing over him and he got scared. <laughs> so he just bolted and our, um, uh, I forget the cop's name, um, in the show, but he just ran after him into the audience and grabbed him and brought him back up. Um, so that was entertaining. Uh, I think that was our opening night actually too, or our first preview. Um, but yeah, I've, I, you know, animals will do what they want to. They're animals. They have their own minds. Um, I have been stuck on a train as the PSM and just communicating to my ASM or crew uh, over the phone and have gotten to a space at half hour where I usually like to go backstage a little, uh, you know, before half hour just to say hi to people and make sure they know that I'm there. But at this point, um, this was at a particular space where they did have a, a PA system and the distance from my booth to backstage was absurdly long um, for me to make a quick pit stop at half hour backstage and then hightail it back to the booth. So I just stayed in the booth at that point. That was actually our closing performance. Um, and yeah, I've, I've also had uh, a close call with a stuck on a train where I wasn't entirely sure I was going to make it for the show. Um, and I was actually the, re the replacement stage manager for that. So we called the rehearsal stage manager and had her on standby just in case I did wind up making it. But again, that was, you know, the skin of your teeth situation. Um, those are just not fun for anyone. That's not how you want to start your day <laughs> or your show, but you know, you get there, um, and you do it, you do, you do your job. Um, I've had to deal with nosebleeds, um, not my own actor's nosebleeds, um, on a few separate occasions. <laughs> Ingrid knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, one of them was recorded actually, cause they were archiving the performance that day oh i forgot about that one for a second i was thought you referred to the other one uh, that's coming <laughs> yeah no the first one was um during peter and the star catcher and one of our um actors came off stage during a scene where it, it was a partial blackout um or it was dark in one spot of the stage and it was a point in the show where actors who were on stage would sort of sneak off if they had to cough or sneeze or something like that. So it wasn't uncommon to see someone sneak off and then sneak back on. Um, but he comes off stage and he's holding his nose and it's just like dripping. Um, and it lasted for the entirety of the show. So we wound up, anytime he was not on stage, he was kind of like laying down or had an ice pack to his face. He got, he had gotten accidentally elbowed. Uh, because of a, planned throw i'm surprised it didn't happen before that like throwing a prop off stage yeah it, it it had been it was interesting um so there was that and i think honestly it, it bled for as long as it did because i the tissue going in and out of his nose he would take it out sometimes and he i think he just agitated it a couple of times um so it would restart happy the flow um the other actor different show um same theater though uh he had had a chronic nosebleed issue as a kid and it decided to resurface <laughs> um and that was you know i i learned from the first time and had 
things on standby on my person. Actually, other crew members would have had tissues and stuff on, on them in their pockets and stuff for him just in case also, because um, also his, his were pretty bad as well. They, they didn't stop quickly. Um, so there was, and in situations like that, you know, you have to take into account where, well, now we've got bodily fluid on the ground, on the stage or on whatever they've been holding or their costumes. So, you know, cleaning that is something that you have to do as quickly as you can um, and as safely as you can. So you can reuse the stuff again the next day. Um, especially if it's a, a, I mean, you would do it in general, but if it's a shared prop, let's say, you want to make sure that you clean that as best as you can um, without also ruining the prop or the costume. Uh, also, tampons work so well with that. That was the thing that I had on standby. <laughs> yeah, why not just say it? I did. Um, that was that was one of the things. Yeah, and <laughs> he, his name is Matt. God, like he was, he's a cute little guy. Um, he comes up to me one day, and I can like I'm watching the scene that I'm supposed to be watching, and he's down the hallway, and he's just like Taylor, it's happening. <laughs> so I run to him to help him, and it was it was something. Um, it's a story to tell now, and we were all laughing about it too. He he laughs about it also, so it's it's all good. Um, the elbow to the nose was not fun, <laughs> but you know he he was okay too. Um, yeah, other less fun things, I guess. Um, I had the uh, I did the Nutcracker a couple of years ago, and our one of our not our prima because um, they they would hire a prima ballerina for um, for the Sugar Plum Cavalier uh, duo. Uh, not her, but it was our. Uh, I can't remember the other one's name. Um, one of our other lead dancers. Um, it was our first day with the snow, and it was a snow that it, it was a snow machine. It wasn't like a, a oh, the dew drops. Yeah, it wasn't like a trough where you would dump um, <coughs> plastic snow. Um, so it got it got foamy and soapy pretty quickly, and she slid. <laughs> other girl kind of went down with her the other girl was okay um well you know a little tentative but she was okay the main girl who took the fall to begin with um hurt her wrist and she wound up not completing rehearsal she went to the doctor right away and she wound up with a spiral fracture in her wrist um which is not good at all um i can only say like you know thank god it wasn't her ankle because you're not dancing on your wrist, at least you are, and she's a ballerina, so. But she wound up not doing the show because um, just pain levels and, and things like that. Um, so our, again, that was a situation where they had a rehearsal director um, slash choreographer, and the, the school itself had a ballet director. So he was the main, the ballet director was the, he oversaw everything our rehearsal director went in for the hurt dancer um and she you know it, it went off without a hitch it just wasn't that one day was not great um i've had people hyperventilating backstage because they had too much coffee <laughs> one day um 
I'm not a huge fan of a two-show day to begin with, and the two-show day is where you have a student matinee at 10-ish in the morning, and then an evening show um, are, I think, are especially dangerous because you've got a lot of time in between, and we were, um, we were not in, in Manhattan. We were, we were on Long Island, so it, they, the actors would tend to just go to a cafe or something like that and do other work there. And um, in this particular case, our, our actress had, that's what she was doing. That's exactly what she did. She, um, she was sat up at a cafe, was working on one of her other projects and just had more coffee than she normally does and didn't eat enough food or have enough water to, count, um, to counterbalance that. So she had been saying during half hour or so, um, you know, she was, she could feel she was more jittery and more up <laughs> than, than usual. Um, and we just kept an eye on it. You know, we, we kept an eye on her, just kept in, in check with her and everything. And we got through the first sequence, which was one of her harder sequences, um, which was, it was the first scene because there's quick change in there. Um, and it's, it's just a fast paced part of the show. Um, and after that, was when she was not okay. <laughs> um, I had a quick prop handoff that I had to take care of. Um, and somebody else was with her at that point, I should say. I should say that first off. So I was okay knowing someone else was with her. Because um, overcome, we hear, uh, Kaija, she, she's on the floor. <laughs> she, she's, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, someone was with her already. So I did what I had to do. Um, someone else helped with her, her scene change. Our, one of our wardrobe guys actually just jumped in real quick and helped move a flat that we needed to move. Um, and then I got to her as soon as we, as we could. And in that situation, it was just peel everything off of her, literally, because she was hot. Um, it was warm. It was warmish backstage. She was wearing um, uh, a, a thick costume, um, had her wig on, which our wardrobe crew affectionately calls a hair hat. Um, so we just peeled her down and got her as cool as we could, got her some Gatorade. She did the rest of the show. It was a bit more mellow for her. Um, and we did give her the option, you know, there, we could work around it. We can work around you for, for scene changes and things like that. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Um, because in my opinion and in everyone's opinion that I've ever worked with, it is the person doing the job is more important than the show itself. That being said, yes, you want the show to go on, but I won't do it at the expense of someone unless, unless they tell me they're okay. Cause you, you know, you have to believe what someone tells you. It's their job. They, they feel they can do it. Let them do it. I think. Um, and we did, and she, she did it. Um, there were certain things that we did modify. Um, she had a part where she was supposed to have one of the kids on her back during a different scene and we didn't do that. She just had her kind of by the hand and led her around in a circle instead. Um, so again, it's something that we just, we worked around. Didn't she hear us planning for like her not going on for a specific number and then decide to go on because she thought it was going to be too complicated? Wasn't that her? She Alligator. Yeah, that might have been because I, I I talked to dance captain. Might have talked to the dance captain about that first. I think is what happened because Katie, our dance captain, just want, she, again she wanted to check in with her too to make sure that she was okay to do stuff, um, particularly 
because I think Katie was actually the first one, our, our dance captain was the first one to be like, hey, let's not have the kid on her back. Um, and that was a simultaneous, yeah, let's not do that. Um, yeah, I think she, she had heard. Yeah, because we were talking, because we had already understudy rehearsed it. So it'd be just the point of implementing it mid-show without like a full put in. Yeah, because of course she was the one um, who we actually didn't have a full replacement for. There, if it, it was, she had um, an understudy for one of her characters, but not like her full track. Oh yeah, none of the ensemble really did have like for ensemble numbers a full replacement. It would have just been going down one on particular sections. Yeah, and like for certain things, we could have just done again, like the scene changes. If I had to do to do part of a scene change, I would have done part of a scene change if I was able to, or someone jumped in. Um, like I said, someone did jump, jump in to help do that change because the wall that was being moved could not be moved by one person. It was, its balance was not great, um, unless you knew exactly how to move it. Um, but yeah, she, she may have overheard part of, of a- Because it was dealing with the arches, moving the arches on. Yeah. And that safety, which could not be done by a crew member. Somebody was standing on the, the arch as it was moving. Um, there was that. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, that was right after. And I think we were also trying to figure out, like, do we care what costume she's in at that point, too? And the answer was pretty much no. Um, as long as she was clothed, if it was the old costume, the previous scene's costume, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's not there are things that people think are important that are just not important and that's one of those things if you if you can't get to your next costume change because you've been laid out on the floor for a minute or two don't worry about it <laughs> it's okay um yeah and then uh, other emergencies that i've had i've had to deal with medical emergencies emergencies other than nosebleeds where um I was doing Menopause the Musical. Um, I was actually on spot for that. I was not backstage at all. Where um, this was a at a venue that I work at, where you know shows come in to it, and we will will crew will staff their show pretty much. Um, so I had seen from my vantage point because I'm up above everybody. Um, one of their actors, uh, actresses kind of looking out into the audience a lot. And I'm like, all right, well, that seems odd, but I don't know what your blocking is. I don't know your choreography. So maybe that's what this, maybe that's what you do. Until I actually kind of looked into where her line of sight was going. And I saw people huddled around this one woman in the audience. And I'm on headset with the, their stage manager. Um, and that, that I should mention, it, it's their that show's crew was their stage manager and their asm who was also their prop person which is not that uncommon especially for a touring situation um which they were um and that was that was it i think they had a i think they had a board op also a light board op um and then so I, again, I'm on headset with with backstage and our crew is as well and i was like hey i think there's something going on in the audience and their stage manager asked if I thought we needed to stop. And I said, yeah, I, I think we do. Um, again, it says, you, you don't want to have to stop a show, but sometimes you have to stop a show. 
And so in this case we did, and it was a good thing we stopped because the woman, the lady was having a stroke. Um, we found that out later. Um, but the uptick to that was that she was surrounded. There was a neurosurgeon right next to her and an EMT and a nurse. And I will say like, you know, people will joke, is there a doctor in the house? If you're in a packed theater, odds are there is of some kind. Um, at least that's been my experience and I've had more than one. Um, she was, she wound up being okay. Um, I'll, I'll say it with that. I didn't particularly love the way that their, that the company's um, team handled the whole situation because yes, it was our house, but it's still their show. You know, we're not in charge of their actors or anything. Um, and all like, at least three out of four of their actors were on stage at that point. And now we've stopped and we're, we knew we were going to be stopped for a bit at this point. I think in all, it took about 20 minutes to get everything back. Um, so I said to their stage manager, maybe you should get your actors off stage. Cause that's the other thing in a situation like this, your actors, regardless of if it's your show or a show that's coming into your space and you're just helping out with them, the actors don't need to be watching what's going on because they do still have a show to do if you're going back to it. Um, and it's not being heartless. It's not. It's just the way that it is. It's, it's, you got to keep going. You know, if you, if you are going to pick up your show, you do have to think about that. Um, and this was also their... The second the show started, their ASM, who again was their prop runner all, as well, um, handed off her headset to one of our crew members. And we were like, all right, well, and she did not get back on headset during this situation. So, yeah, that was my reaction too, Lisa. <laughs> um, so... Um, Okay, if, at the, if you don't want to hear what we're talking about, because um, we, we weren't goofing around or anything like that. We were actually trying to give each other updates because, again, I can see over everybody. So I can see how this lady is, pretty much. Um, and that's what we were talking about. We were talking about the situation. If you don't want to hear that part of it, at the very least, you should get back on your headset. First off, don't give your headset away. We have wireless comms, and that's what they were using. You can walk with them. Um, so get back on the headset and find out where you're starting from again, because you have to restore. You're not necessarily going right on. You may have to reset things. And we did. <laughs> um, so there was that again, that lady wound up being okay. Um, again, same venue later that same month, we had to stop a show. It was Godfather Live. Um, where the movie was being played and there was a live orchestra playing along with the music. So it was kind of cool. Um, all of a sudden, I'm backstage at this point. I'm not actually up, up in, at the spot. I'm backstage and I just see my boss running past our stage door. And I was like, well, that's not good. So we stopped the show. Um, I wound up going out on stage to tell the, uh, the conductor hey, we need to stop. We have a medical emergency. Somebody's having a seizure in the, in the house. Um, and that's what we were initially told. And then afterwards, we found out that he actually um, had a bit too much to drink before 
coming to see the show and had eaten a nice steak dinner and was, uh, that was repeating on him, to put it nicely, into his mother's purse. And he choked <laughs> um, and kind of passed out for a second and wound up, he was okay too. They, he, he coughed it up and then um, they left. So that was actually a pretty quick restore. Um, but yeah, those are some interesting things. I think I've been talking long enough, so I'm going to pass it on to Lisa. <laughs> As the oldest of all of us, I could tell many stories. I have a long list. Um, and as an educator, as well as a, a professional stage manager, um, I have dealt with children having asthma attacks on stage and having to hold their inhaler when they walk off stage. I've dealt with uh, a teenage actor coming off stage and passing out and having to call 911 in the middle of a show. Thankfully, we did not stop that show. I was ready to do so. However, I was surrounded by other teachers who were able to take care of it. He woke up very quickly. He had been sick. We knew the situation. And he, we called his mother, who happened to be a nurse, and got, uh, got the EMTs there, got him to the hospital where his mother was at work and got that taken care of. So we made the decision because he came to so quickly and we were able to get his mother on, on the line that we were not going to stop the show and we went on and he was fine. He had pneumonia. So antibiotics and we took care of that. Um, I'm gonna also talk about some, some serious things. I am the only one I think of the four of us that has had to deal with the death of an actor. Uh, very first show I was on in New York that I was stage managing. Uh, we had been in rehearsal a week. We, it was our day off. Uh, one of our actors, who happened to be 82 years old, um, had told me before he left, the day before, that he was going to the doctor the next day. Uh, he lived out of the city, and so he was going to, uh, to his doctor for his annual physical. Uh, it just so happened that after his physical, where he got a clean bill of health from his doctor, he called our playwright, who have, they had been friends for decades, told him that he'd gotten a clean bill of health, was headed back into the city to have friend, uh, dinner with friends, and would see him at rehearsal the next day. Uh, he left the doctor and was in a car accident and was killed. So I got a call from the artistic director uh, late that day. This is the situation. We don't have rehearsal today, so we don't have to worry about everybody getting together today. But I had to help make phone calls and let people know what was going on. And then the next day we all got together and we had uh, about 30, 45 minutes at the beginning of rehearsal where we talked about what he was like. And there were several people in the cast who had known the actor for decades. There were some of us that had only known him for a week. And he was the kind of person that when you met him, you felt like you'd known him forever. So everybody was very emotionally um, upset about what had happened and wanted to talk. Um, I had an actress who met me at the door of the theater that night with four bags of food and wine. And she said, I'm from Pittsburgh. We drink when people die. And I said, uh, okay, but we're planning to have rehearsal afterwards. She said, I've already talked to the director. It's fine. So I just asked the cast that we not drink until the end of rehearsal and that we make sure that we were responsible enough to get ourselves home in one piece. And we were able to do so. And then I had to, the cast was informed that the producers and the director were going to recast the role. So we had to prepare the cast and the production team for a new actor coming in who knew why he was being asked to come in in the process. Uh, 
which has to be uncomfortable for any actor to know you're replacing someone who's passed away. Um, and to bring him into the process, he was in the finishing in the last week of a show he was currently on. So it was a few days before we got recast, got him act into the show. He got finished his other show and came into our rehearsal process. Uh, and everybody made him feel as welcome as we could under the circumstances. And we went on with that show. Um, but it certainly was a jolt. Um, I had actually dealt with the death of an actor's parent when I was teaching. Uh, and the actor made the decision it was closing performance matinee on a Sunday. Her mother passed away that morning. Her mother had cancer. We knew it was coming. We had hoped that we would make it through the run and we did not. Uh, and she was determined to go on. She had, um, we had double cast the role. And so we had somebody who could go on for her. She didn't want to. She wanted to honor her mother's memory because her mother wanted her to be a performer. And so she made the decision to go on with the rest of her family in the house. Um, and the entire cast made sure she was never alone. Somebody was with her the entire time. And it was an amazing group of, of teenagers, I will tell you, uh, that they made sure she was never, ever alone. She went through the entire performance, came off at the end of the show and collapsed and about took me down with her uh, and was sobbing. And I said, you don't have to go on for the curtain call. And I'm rubbing her back, trying to calm her down. And the minute she heard the words curtain call, her spine went solid. And she went, yes, I do. I kept not done. And the two or two young actors, two young men who were standing right there and they said, we got her. And they physically carried her and held her up on the stage so she could get through the curtain call and she was done. And I immediately handed her off to her father and said, take her home. So those are the two really serious, what I would consider horrible things that I've had to deal with uh, as a stage manager. Um, I've had to deal with technical issues. I did a show about a year and a half ago where we blew lamps in light fixtures on a regular basis in the space um, to the point where it was kind of expected and the actors just kind of glanced up and kept going instead of being startled by it. The very last performance, we were in the final scene. We thought we've made it through. We haven't blown a lamp. The entire stage went black for about 20 to 30 seconds. Nobody was near the light board. Nobody knew what happened. It just went out. <laughs> Um, and everything came back on and we finished. It was fine. It was like, oh, just when we thought we were okay, that's when it's going to happen. Um, I have dealt with an actor being fired the day before tech and having to rehearse a brand new actor coming in first day of tech. That was a fun experience. Um, so those are a lot of the different things I've dealt with. I've only dealt with one animal. And that was Toto in Wizard of Oz who did pee on Dorothy in the middle of her performance. <laughs> Poor Dorothy who handled it very well, kept a straight face, came off and was like, oh, this dog peed on me. <laughs> um, animals have minds of their own. <laughs> they do. And, and lest you think that we had not let the animal go to the bathroom beforehand, we had a person assigned on the crew to take the animal to the bathroom outside before the animal came on. She just decided that day she wasn't going. She was going to wait till the audience was there. Toto so, always has a um, mind of its own. Yep. Toto does. Toto does. See, when I worked um, on Once on this Island, I didn't have to deal with the goods because I was just on the lighting team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I will say that um, I have dealt with an actor, a professional equity actor, who uh, did not make call time for a performance. We could not reach the actress. We called, we texted, we emailed, we called again. Um, we were terrified something horrible had happened to this actress. She had been a problem during rehearsals. 
And at one point, the director had even talked to the producing theater company about replacing her, and they had not replaced her. I finally reached her five minutes before curtain. We had already informed the audience that we were going to be holding. When I reached her, she informed me very casually that she was in a cab on her way. And we ended up having to hold um, over 30 minutes before she got there, threw her into costume, got her ready to go and backstage, um, which was a very uncomfortable situation. She was not apologetic at all to myself, to anyone in the theater company, to the, her fellow actors. Um, so that was a very, very difficult situation to deal with. She did go on, performance went on. The audience was great. Thankfully, there was a Starbucks across the street. We were able to tell them to go grab a coffee and come back. Um, and the show went along fine, but it, it did cause issues for the rest of the performances because then it became, I need every number that you could possibly be reached at. And I had to start calling her earlier in the day to make sure of where she was and that she had left on time to get to the performance. So it was a very tense situation. Um, I worked one cursed show because anything that could happen happened on that show. Uh, I, stay, I was the production stage manager for a production of Miss Saigon. First of all, every actor in the show at some point in the run of the show got a stomach virus, including me. Um, I, and I continued to call the show backstage with saltine crackers and ginger ale at my calling station. That was fun. Um, and unfortunately, I was on the side of the stage that I was on the stage left. We, I, I never called from the booth in that particular space because the booth was not conducive to doing that. So I called from stage left and the hallway off stage was where the bathrooms were. So I had the wonderful task of hearing everyone as they exited the stage <laughs> going to throw up in the bathroom and hoping that it wasn't me because I was sick as well. Uh, we uh, had one of our Tams actually throw up on stage, thankfully behind a set piece before he went on. We were able to get that set piece off clean it appropriately and our other Tam went on for him. Uh, our engineer on a very final performance started to lose his voice in the first act and came to me at the end of the first act and said, I, I, I can't go, I can't do the second act. Thankfully the sh that role was double cast so we were able to bring in the other actor. We made a quick announcement to the audience. This is the situation. Our other actor is coming in and we went on with the performance without a problem. Um, we had the fire alarm go off in the middle of a performance. Uh, the actor uh, who was playing the, I, the lead was in the middle of sun and moon. Yes. And all of a sudden the fire alarm goes off and he looks over at me continuing to sing. Like, what do I do? The fire alarm is going off. So, we stopped the show, walked out on stage, directed the audience to the exits, directed the cast to the exits. It was the middle of February. It was 24 degrees outside. Not pleasant. Uh, waited for the fire trucks, made sure that we accounted for all cast and crew. Fire trucks went in. Turned out that there was a child that had pulled the fire alarm. Ooh, what's this? So it wasn't hey. a fire, thankfully. Uh, and then we went back in, picked up at the beginning of the song and continued on. So as you can see, that show was, was cursed. Um, I'll end my, that story of my cursed Miss Saigon production 
with us in tech rehearsal, our choreographer was pregnant with her first child. She was about three weeks from her due date. We were in the middle of rehearsing the number with the big, gorgeous Chinese dragon. Um, I had her keys in my hand because she had the key to the storage area where we kept the Chinese dragon. And all of a sudden I turn and there is a parent standing in front of me saying, I need her, I need Bianca's keys. And I said, what's going on? And she said, her water's broken. We have to take her to the hospital. So I stop, we hold, I go check on her. She's not even convinced she's in labor. She's like, I think my water broke, but I've never had a child before. I don't know. Um, comically, the first person she asked was our music director who had never physically had a child and said, I don't know. Ask someone who's been in labor before. Um, so those of us who had children <laughs> went, what, what are your symptoms? She's like, I can't get comfortable. She'd been walking around all through rehearsal. Uh, you know, she told us what had happened. Our director who was male took one look at all of the women standing around our choreographer and went, I will let you handle this and walked off. He had two children of his own. You would think that he could handle something like this. Uh, we got her straight got parents to take her to the, to the hospital, got her husband called, got her out the door. The kids were kind of in shock. What is happening? What is going on? And we said, it's okay. She's in labor. Everything's fine. She's fine. We sent her to the hospital, have the baby. We finished rehearsal. Next day, she still had not had the baby. So we come back for rehearsal. Everybody's like, what do you mean? Where's the baby? Come on, what's going on? So they, cause they had to do other things. It was, uh, ended up being almost a 24 hour labor. Uh, and she, we were finally able to announce in rehearsal that she had a lovely girl who is now a beautiful, lovely 10-year-old. So everything was fine. Mama and baby were all good. But as you can see, after doing that one production of Miss Saigon, if I was asked to stage manage that show again, I would think long and hard before I would stage manage that show again. I because it was... <laughs> No, that was the one thing that didn't happen. And we had a pretty awesome, amazing helicopter. Um, so that was the one thing that did not go wrong. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of, I would, I would really seriously consider not doing that show. I think unless, unless somebody came to me and had come to me when it was a revival on Broadway and said, well, it's a Broadway revival. Then I, I probably would have said yes. But if I was any other time, I might want to consider not doing that because that was, quite the experience in terms of, of everything that could just just about everything that could go wrong went wrong yeah. at some point in that's that how time. I feel about seeing in there and I did it in college instead of I'd never do it again unless it became a Broadway revival there you go I have been hit by flying props coming off stage um so yeah I've, I think I've covered <laughs> just about everything there is that can happen um but thankfully only the one animal story but I have multiple children's stories because I, I dealt more with children than animals, thankfully. So um, I'll, I'll end on that note. And anybody else wants to jump in and talk about other things that they've remembered or comment or ask further questions yeah. to each other? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I had a comment going back to Lisa's, she said she was sick. Um, you should never call a show if you're sick. I mean, unless you didn't have someone that could you probably didn't have someone I that did. necessarily could cover for you, but you're not, you shouldn't call a show, uh, which also leads me to, I have been stuck on the LRR once, but I made curtain, um, like Taylor, um, 
I did miss a show once because it snowed so badly. The LRR wasn't running and I was not driving 60 miles into the city in a blizzard. But good paperwork was the reason someone was able to go sub for me. Same for Kong Scrub. Make sure your cues. It doesn't have to be like all these colors and this, that, and the other. Just black and white to the point, clearly typed out. Have an emergency calling script or paperwork that you can email a PDF. Or I usually just leave it at the theater once we open, just on my clipboard that someone can just go find it. I, there's no reason for me to have to, even on a new show, necessarily work on it. Um, I and yeah, just take care. You know, people get sick. We're human, but if you don't call the show, if you're if you're that sick, try to find even a production manager to cover for you. They can read a calling script. They can read light cues and sound cues and you know it'll it should be fine yeah i i have called a show with a massive migraine to the point where i was ill um that that day um that was our opening and it was uh it was in the park and i think what part part of what it had to do with was it was hot um it had been very hot that week and yes i was i was hydrating and that was not the entire reason but i think it was part of it um i called the last queue and booked it to my car <laughs> and puked in the parking lot. Um, I didn't go to the opening night party. <laughs> um, but no, there was uh, something else you, you said. Um, I can't think of it now. I'm done. <laughs> oh, I've, I've got one as a deck stage manager. Um, was doing MAME. There was a lot of stuff. Crew setup wasn't the biggest, also we didn't have a lot of room. So as the ASM, um, non-union at that point, I was doing the intermission shift and because there was no fly block either, we used a lot of top roll drops, both top and bottom. And it was bound off by twisting the rope or chain. I think it was rope and then putting a pipe in the middle. So one day intermission, we're almost done pulling, trying to bring in the last thing. It's like, mm, pipe, I was in the wrong position, right around the eye, it hit my face. Um, obviously got impacted, saw stars. PSM comes over, it's like, I need a couple minutes. And because we had just on the show before dealt with, um, an actor not completely safely doing staging, so they got in concussions. I know we're taking this seriously. And it was the opening performance of that show, of MAME. So it's like, okay, yeah, take your time at intermission, because that show was so complicated and unfortunately done so quickly that it would have been hard to have someone else come in and replace me at that point. So it was like, yep. I also have had an actress not reach a show because of transit, because New Jersey transit and the tunnel getting into New York City. She never actually reached the city and she had been trying for hours. Like she was updating us more than an hour before call. And we just ended up having to cancel it about 40 minutes after curtain. Like we were hoping and hoping, but we canceled it, ended up adding a performance later in the run to make up for that performance time but i've had that yeah i've also had um 
I've only ever had to fill out one incident report for myself um, so far. <laughs> and uh, it was because it was actually uh, opening, it was the day after the opening performance of Hairspray. Um, I was on crew for that. I was the prop master for that too. And they had these rather large platforms um, that were heavy and they needed to be in their stored position off stage, they got flipped up um, to create space for traffic and, and such, and so that they weren't seen also. Um, and I woke up, this, they, this place opens their shows on Saturday evenings and then they have a Sunday matinee. Um, Sunday morning I woke up and I don't call out of a show unless something is really wrong. And I think this was actually the first time I ever did it. Um, I woke up that morning and I've had, I have back issues. Um, I'm just used to them and I work through it. Um, not usually to my own detriment. <laughs> In this case, I, I just overdid it, I guess. Um, because every time I took a step, I felt a pulling in my lower back, which I had never felt before. And I was like, there's no way I can do this show. Not with the, the way that I had to do what I had to do. And Monday was the day off. So I, if, you know, if I had some rest or I, Monday and Tuesday, I think we had Wednesday performances at that point um, where the day is off. So I was going to have basically three days. Um, so I wound up calling in that, that day. Um, and I was like, I can't, I shouldn't be moving right now. Um, and my, the, the TD wound up just doing my track. I had a pretty light track, um, relatively speaking, until it was moving those platforms. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, I still have back issues in general, but yeah, I'm a little bit better now. Um, I did have, I was doing a musical called uh, John Goldfarb, Please Come Home, which is based on the movie um, with uh, Shirley MacLaine. Uh, that's, she was in the movie, not, not the show, but, um, I think it was our closing performance. If you can't tell, opening and closings are rough. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure this was our closing performance where everyone in our band was there except for the drummer at half hour. Um, and this, this was at the Skirball Theater, which is on 4th Street in Manhattan. And so I called our drummer and I was like, hey, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm in a cab on 125th street <laughs> and i was like all right well get here when you can <laughs> um okay and uh luckily our percussionist also he could get through the drum part um he was not particularly a drummer but he could he could do it well enough that we could make it work so he did um and then our drummer got there we sent him on stage and then he took over and i was like how did you <sighs> okay <laughs> uh for those of you that don't know it takes more than half an hour to get from 125 to four <laughs> yeah um and i think that's i mean I, i've got others but we're 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 pretty much at our time here so oh i'm sure it could take oh, days we could do a whole other episode yeah, yeah. we could talk yeah, um, maybe. Personal injuries, call outs. Yeah. ER visits, yeah. urgent care, yeah. Urgent care, yep. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, when your person doesn't actually have an understudy. <laughs> um, and no, I was not going on for it. Um, Luckily, that didn't have to happen, and we ended up finding one. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I would not have been convincing in that role age-wise. Let's put it out there. <laughs> <I was> eh. <laughs> um, anyway, on that note, I think we're going to call this. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> Bye.